Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Fins Up podcast. I am your host, Mortz, and I am joined by my colleague who has calmed down tonight uh, until we get to uh, a few player ratings, but I am joined, as always, by Southo Dan. How you doing, buddy? Jerry, I'm feeling good, mate. I'm feeling real good. I've got my earphones in. I'm back from the moon. I feel like we're in for a good show tonight. Yeah, there was there's a, there's a running gag from a, a couple of people on Sharks Forever that one of us sounded like we were on the moon, and when we used to record with me in the car park, it was me who sounded like I was on the moon, and then I went back and listened last night, and you sounded as far away as possible as you could be. Well, there you go. We'll get it right. We might even invest now that we've cracked the 20 listeners average next year. I, th- I think we'll put some money into it. But, mate, this is my audition for much bigger and better things, but uh, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a uh, further episode down the track. But, Daniel, we decided tonight that we are going to review the Sharks' backs. Um, and that's that's every single back who played at least one game for us this year. Um, and we have included the halves... Uh, Connor Tracy, Chad Townsend, Braden Trindle, and Sean Johnson. Um, so, we are also doing a top five as well tonight, Daniel. Yes, we are. Top five moments of the year. I have a feeling we might have a few that are the same, but we're going to have some very different ones, which is what we're all about here on the uh, the number one Sharks, undisputed number one Sharks podcast, and that's variety. Yeah, I, I, I think we might have one that's the same. Um, I, I generally think we might have one that's the same. That's about it. So let's, uh, we're in alphabetical order until I forgot to put three people on the list. So let's start at the top and we've got Josh Dugan. Dan, uh, fire away. Thought Dugan was good this year, mate. Um, it looked like he was going to retire in all honesty in the off season. So I was surprised to see him go. The trip overseas supposedly was his, his turnaround. Uh, in all honesty, in the off-season, I thought that he was going to retire and just play basketball on Twitch or stream or whatever the hell the kids play these days. And I thought that was his future. Instead, we, we didn't get World Cup winning centre Josh Dugan, but we got a pretty bloody handy centre Josh Dugan. Uh, I think he played a couple, a little bit of fullback, but overall I think he was uh, easy, easy in our number one centre pairing as he was pre-season. So, mate, I think Dugan... I don't know if he justified his money, but I feel like he had a decent to very good season. Yeah, look, Josh didn't start a game at fullback. He did go to fullback uh, a couple of times, and Matt Moylan went to centre. Um, and he also went to fullback a couple of times when Matt, Moy- Matt Moylan went off injured. But I thought um, probably the first 15 rounds, he was very serviceable, and then he just started looking like he was fatiguing. He started looking tired. He made some sloppy errors. Um, the game that we went to, the only game that I went to against New Zealand, he got thrown about three feet by Peter Hiku before the Warriors scored a try, and that's that's not something you'd expect Josh Dugan to do. You expect him to make that tackle ten times out of ten. Uh, and there was also the tackle that him and Chad Townsend were involved in in David Norfoluma, where he just jogged through us off a line dropout. But I think Dugan provided us more highlights than lowlights. And one thing from Josh this year is he's he you know and, and last year as well. He's been very durable. We haven't we haven't had him on the sideline for too long. So I thought Josh had a good season. Um, there, there were certainly no complaints for me, and I think that he he wasn't one of the players at, at the end of every game when you you've been thumped and you turn around and go well standard Dugan performance. I thought he was actually quite good. He finished second, I think, only a couple of points behind Sean Johnson 
in the Sharks Player of the Year, which I, I think is a little bit above what he produced, but I'm certainly not going to rubbish the decision because, yeah, I, I agree, it was pretty good. I, I forgot that tackle that he and Chad missed. I blocked that out and I never want to talk about it again. That's going to be repressed for a long, long time. That aside, yeah, look, he had his moments and I'm pretty happy with Dukes. I'm looking forward to him next year. He's got a big year ahead if he wants to continue playing for Cronulla. Um, but, yeah, all in all, pretty pretty damn good. Yeah, look, he, he finished 16 out of 21 games, which is very good for, for Josh Dugan. Uh, last year, he played 23 out of 26 games for us. So we're getting a lot of durability. Look, he didn't score as many tries as you, you probably want him to. He only scored four and had two assists. Um, his defensive numbers don't add up to what he actually provides on that left-hand side. Uh, his defensive numbers say that he was he was tackling at 79%, and I think that's towards the end of the year when I said that, you know he got sloppy and tired. Um, but I thought he was, yeah, overall, I thought he really shored up a, a very shaky left edge. Um, I've given Josh a 7 out of 10 this year. Yeah, I wrote 6.5 to 7, so pretty pretty much a He's one of those players that you go into the Facebook groups after and you usually get that it was all Dugan's fault, but this year you didn't see any of that, yeah. which means even the crazies can respect how Dugan's played. Yeah. He's solid. solid. I, I was quite happy that you know Josh finished second um, because no one deserved it more than Sean Johnson. So it didn't really matter who was second, but I'm pretty sure Dugan finished second last year as well behind Chad Townsend. <laughs> He and Josh Morris were one and two for me last year, so yeah. a bit of justice, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, moving on, the next person we have on our list only played one game for us, and what a game it was. Uh, that was the debutant that you and I were really looking forward to, and that's Jackson Ferris. Jackson Ferris, mate. I rated it very, very highly. Unfortunately, an injury and a suspension probably isn't the way you want to end your debut game, but they called him up last minute when Dugan withdrew from memory. Yep. Um, I still haven't seen the full game. That was the injury game, so don't want to talk about that. But that try will live in infamy. It was the eye injury. I didn't see the game. Ah, that's right, yeah. I was sitting there thinking, what injury is he talking about? Um, Mine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, who can forget that? Um, me. Uh, yeah, I thought he was he was really good that game, um, and the footwork that he put on for the try was just absolutely spectacular. But it just shows the kind of player that we do have um, in the, you know, coming up in the future. Now, look, on debut, he scored one try, had one offload, two line breaks, one tackle break, 13 out of 14 tackles for 93%. He had eight runs for 114 metres. That's that's a pretty handy debut, and they, they, that's something to build on for next season. Can't ask for much more. He's got a frigging huge, huge future ahead. I'm really excited about Jackson Ferris. Since you talked him up as fullback last night, he's, it's all I can think about. I stayed up late. I rewatched the Newtown thing about a thousand times. I'm looking at my picture on the wall of him right now. Give that man a 10, Jerry. Uh, I didn't give him a 10. I didn't know how to rate him because he only played one game and he did get suspended. Um, I put a six on here, but I think I was a bit too harsh on him. Oh, look, if I was serious, I'd give a seven. Yeah. He's a seven out of 10 on the night. I yeah. think that's fair. Yeah, about about six or seven for mine. I'm, I'm happy to live with that. As I said, it was only one game. Um, move on to a guy who we picked up mid-season. Um, pretty handy in his first couple of games. Uh, this is Bryson Goodwin I'm talking about. He was very handy on the wing, very shit at centre. Yeah, I think you can you can split his, his shark career into two. His return into two. His place on the wing where he was more than serviceable. And I think he was one of our better players during those weeks. At centre, the less said, the better. And I have a feeling that's going to bring his rating 
way down. Yeah, look, his first game for us from memory was against the Bulldogs, and I think Chad Townsend put a um, a kick in for him to score a tr- an un- unmarked, uncontested try. Um, so yeah, it was you know very very serviceable. Yeah, that was that was his first game. He was uh, he was named uh, in the number twenty jersey, and uh, you know he he turned up for one hundred and fifty one meters. Uh, scored a try, made five tackle breaks, and was really, really good on that that left edge. And then the following week against Manly, he was just as good. Um, the minute we put him in the centres, though, he was horrible. It's unfair to put him in the centres. I have a feeling he wasn't brought in for that. No. I think it was pure necessity. On the wing, you... I mean, I wasn't excited to see the name Bryce Goodwin. I'm not going to lie to you. But in the second and third, and I think that he only played three games on the wing from memory, I was like, oh, cool, Goodwin's going to play. You know what you're going to get? You're going to get... I know a guy who's pretty good under the high ball. You're going to get a guy that's going to dig in. He's not going to make silly errors. And he provided experience, which from memory, we had a really, really young, inexperienced back line. I think he did exactly what he came in, to, uh, came in for. I think he played a game or two too many, to be honest. And I will never forgive him for letting that, that Baker score five tries on debut. Yeah, he uh, he played seven games. the The deal that he signed was if he played ten, he got an automatic contract for um, twenty twenty one. So he's he's up in the air as to whether he's going to be um, re signed or not. Look, all in all, he was okay. I think he was very serviceable. He played seven games, scored four tries, defended very well, averaged one hundred and five meters a game. Um, I don't know if I'm going to put money towards Bryson Goodwin when we have someone like. Jackson Ferris unsigned, and I don't know if I'm going to put money towards Bryson Goodwin when we still need, uh, you know, like a Benji Marshall and an Aiden Tolman. So until those guys come off the market and we've got nowhere to put the money, I, I'm, I'm going to let him sit on the back burner. I can't imagine there's too much or too many clubs crying out and, and ringing 36-year-old Bryson Goodwin to to go and take a top 20 spot. So I think we'll be all right there. He's not going back to England. If anywhere, he's, he's probably going to go and pick up another contract at South, but... Yeah, overall, look, I I gave him a five out of ten because I thought he had three and a half good games on the wing. I oh, sorry, three good games on the wing and three shit games at centre and one game that didn't really count. So um, I gave him a five. That's pretty fair. I think he's if he'd stayed on the wing, he would have got a six, probably yep. even a seven. But yeah. yeah, that that game against Penrith was despicable, and I think he was responsible for four tries, which you know isn't isn't real good. So yeah, five five and a half for me. Yeah, look, he, he let the ice cream maker score five tries. So, um, Mr. Kiffy Lube came in and he signed a signed a contract extension based purely on that game today. Yeah, I know. Tell me about it. It's, uh, it's forever going to be his highlight. Look, moving on, uh, Sean Johnson is the next person I have on the list. Um, and he was my player of the year. Undisputed player yeah. of the year. There was a chance that he was going to get overtaken because of the way the voting was on the Sharks because he missed so many games at the back end. But... Even if he'd missed 10 games, he was our best player. He, he led the tri-assists all season. I think he finished three or four above second, hmm. playing six less games or five less games than them. That That's a freakish stat. And, I mean, it's not like we have a Tedesco and a Kiri outside him. We got we got youngsters either side of him and a really, really shit halfback. So I think Johnson, maybe hyperbole, I think he had a career best year. Yeah, I, I think it was a career best year for Johnson because it was a career-changing year. He wasn't that explosive run 80, step 30 people, you know, and and you just saw him do it. The The evidence of the, the Sean Johnson turnaround was against the Cowboys when he took that, he, he picked that loose ball up and he didn't pin his ears back, he looked for Jesse Ramian. 
and he got heavily criticised for it. But that was the that was the turnaround. That's when you saw the Sean Johnson who wanted to get his pe- you know his teammates more involved. He didn't need to go out and score double figure tries. He only scored two for the year. Um, yeah, I thought I thought I thought he was absolutely brilliant. Um, I thought defensively, anytime he didn't play that right edge looked terrible, um, and that's because he's just an absolute communicator. Um, and in attack, when when he didn't play, we looked lost. Absolutely. The thing with Johnson is you're going to get three good games out of five, but you're going to get two terrible games. This year, you didn't get those terrible games. You had quiet games, but he was either good or very good. And I think that is Sean Johnson-like. Even last year, he was fantastic at times. But other times, you wanted to hook him for players you know, playing for the Gorillas. This year, never felt that. Yep. Undisputed, our best player. Everything rested on him. Unfortunately, his injury ended the season. But up until then, I think I know he was leading the Daly M's or should have been leading the Daly M's until Kiri kicked in and won like eight straight man of the matches. But I reckon he, he finishes top five if he plays the full season. Yeah, the uh, the other thing for me when Sean Johnson was playing, it, it sort of didn't matter who we were playing against, but I felt we were a chance of winning. Um, because you know, if even if he turned up and, and sort of gave a seven out of ten this year, we were still in games apart from the Penrith games, like you know, erase them from your memory bank. But I never went into a game thinking, I, I can't see how we're not going to score points when Sean was playing. Yeah, it's hard, hard to disagree. Definitely our best player by a long, long way. And everything went through him. And this year he showed a control that he didn't have before. He stopped kicking the ball 20 metres into the grandstands looking for a ridiculous play. Just roll it in, got another set of six. Yeah. I, magnificent. Can't say enough. Yeah, he, he, was, he was top five in... Um, in forced dropouts as well, and and he only he only played fifteen games. Ridiculous! So, that that's a crazy figure. Yeah, to to lead the league in in try assists and and line dropouts was just absolutely mental. Um, the other thing for that that you know you saw from Sean Johnson was people said that he didn't know how to control the game. I thought I thought this year he controlled our team really well, and I think he. You know, you see a lot of Jaden Braley had it as well, and Blake Braley still got this hesitation just to go to Chad Townsend too much when he calls for the ball. But the issue you really saw Sean in there, you know, barking at them. It's Sean Johnson's team, as it should be. He's by far our best player. But again, like you said, his control this season was so far. Johnson's the sort of bloke who's looking to score off every play. Now he builds himself into the game, and I think, yeah, I. I want to hear your uh, your score out of 10, mate, but he was as close to perfect as you could possibly get in a season that, you know, we finished eighth. Um, I've just, I've, I've got a crazy stat for you here before I, I give my uh, my rating of Sean out of 10. But but Tim Smith uh, set the record for try assists, uh, having 40 try assists in 26 games, and he averaged 1.54 try assists. Uh, per game, Sean Johnson this year averaged one point five two try assists per game. So, that's incredible! I still yeah. can't believe that Tim Smith. Yeah, that's he had. My yeah, God, that, another Sharks great. Yeah, Tim Smith. Uh, look, I gave Sean Johnson uh, an eight and a half out of ten. I went nine, mate. I think he was very, very good. Yeah, there, there were just there were some times where you know the, the games that I'm I'm thinking of where. He kind of lost a little bit of well, some half points for me. Was the Tigers game? He didn't, you know, he he didn't really step up when when we needed him to. And the Dragons game, I thought we lost control of that, and he just sort of ran around like a bit of a headless chook. 
any other game that he played, I thought he was he was always one of our top three players. So I gave him an eight and a half out of ten. Yep, fair call. And for once, Sharks fans got it right. Yeah, and uh, you know what? He also won the Sharks Forever Player of the Year t- for the second year in a row as well. So he's uh, he's done something. Uh, moving on, I think the guy who took the biggest leap in his NRL career, figuratively speaking, and also making it look sexy for the fans, Sione Katoa. What a player. Highlight reel. Human yeah, highlight reel. Yeah. He scored some ridiculous tries for Newtown. He scored some ridiculous tries last year for the Sharks. And this year, he just did it again. Except, he stopped running sideways and started going forwards. Much, much better season for Katoa. As you said earlier in the year, he was on the chopping block. He was gone. Like, he was a new town. His ceiling was a game or two when people got injured. And now, he's arguably our first choice winger. That says it all. Yeah, look, if you were to tell me at the beginning of the year, beginning of the year that Sione Katoa would have been our leading try scorer, I, I probably would have laughed at you. Um, yeah, absolutely. I thought Ronaldo was going to romp that in. Yeah, I, I, I thought it would either be Ronaldo or Jesse Ramian. And I, I honestly thought that Katoa would be a player that would just be in and out of first grade. And especially when Nana McDonald came, I thought, well, that's it. Time's up, you know. That's it. The minute, the minute Nana McDonald came, Sione Katoa just, just flicked and turned it on. Um, he did. I think he, he got a um, reprieve when Morris left and Bronson got, yeah. got zapped. Yeah. But um, I, I think he's justified and earned it. And, very happy he signed a contract extension. Yeah, look, yeah, he averaged 14 runs for 145 metres. Um, he averaged 4.3 tackle breaks per game. He averaged just shy of a line break per game. Uh, he made one error a game. Um, but this is very unshark like zero penalties. That's incredible, especially yeah. for a winger. Yeah. Yeah, I I'd thought... like to see what Fecky gave away in his last year. <laughs> Look, I, I think I think if there's one area that he can improve on, it's it's not his defence. He reads the defence pretty well, and I think that that right edge combination, as I said, when you had Sean, Jesse, and Katoa just set, the, the right edge was, was very good in reading the defensive line. If there's one thing that he can improve on, though, it's his contact in tackling. He made 60 out of 84 tackles, and he got... He got pushed off a lot on some pretty flimsy contact. He does get beaten. He gets beaten in the air a lot. My main concern is his handling. That error a game, you know. If wingers are going to make errors. They're taking balls high and they're, they're rushing back for kicks. And they're fielding a lot of kicks in the end goal. But he makes some stupid errors. Some tuck it under the wing and drop it as you're coming out of your own end. I thought his, his kick returns were better this year. As he stopped running sideways, he started making metres. But again, I always hold my breath in that first few hit-ups that he takes because I'm expecting that error. If he can get that out and, yeah, improve his defence, he's got a big off-season ahead and next year could be really sexy. Yeah, I, the, the other thing um, for mine as well was, you know, as, as you said, he, he, st- he stopped running sideways, but he looked like he, he backed himself. Anytime he got in the open, he just backed himself. That that intercept that he took against the Raiders on the weekend, you only need to have a look. A couple of years ago, he would do a silly goose step or jump in the air or, you know, try and fool him with a bit of footwork. But he just, he pinned the ears back. And if he couldn't make it, he, you know, he he would, then he would try and put the footwork on you 20 metres out from the line. He did that against the Cowboys. Um, so I thought, you know, that's, that's the maturity that we saw from Sione Katoa. And for mine, um, if it wasn't for a bloke named Sean Johnson, I'm, I'm, Probably sitting there saying he was our best back. Yeah, right up there. Yeah, I'm trying to think who was better offhand. Very good, but it's just his handling, mate. If he gets that right, I'm all over Sione. When's the last time a Sharks player led the try scoring, like, ever? We've never done it. And the minute the media 
got got a hold of that and said no shark has ever won the leading try scorer, you knew that was it. He wasn't doing it. <laughs> but when have we even when have we even let it? Like there's probably a season where he kicked off and maybe Matt Reek scored a double in the first. But I can't even think of anyone that got close Tw- until Valentine's. Yeah, 2018 Valentine Holmes was very close. David Peachy one year, Andrew Eddinghausen and Matt Rogers have been pretty close. Um, but yeah, we, we, we've never won it. Um, I gave Sione Katoa a 7.5 out of 10. 7 for me. His hands let him down. Yeah. Oh, that's fair. Uh, moving on, our fullback for the majority of the year, William Kennedy. Um, I don't think many people thought Will Kennedy would play as many games as he did. I think we all thought that the next cab off the rank would have been Matt Moylan, then Dugan, and then Josh Morris. Um, obviously that, that didn't unfold. Uh, Moylan found himself on the sideline more often than not. And Will got the call up because we did need that extra ball player. We, we valued ball playing over ball running. I think Will's start to the year was really good. I thought he was unfairly dropped. Um, uh, and then uh, that was the, the, the Dragons game, I think he got dropped, um, when Moylan was was coming back and then got injured, and he was a late call-up and had a bit of a shocker. But after that, I thought Will was really good, but his back end of the year really let him down. He started pulling out of contact. He started looking like he didn't care. He started jogging for the ball when he should have been sprinting, and you and I were saying that he's the fullback that we've got to persevere with. Now you and I are saying he's the fullback we've got to replace. Absolutely. Uh, at the start of the year, I was all over Will Kennedy, and I, I wanted him to play fullback if Moylan couldn't go. And we both said, Moylan can't go, so let's get him in. Um, I feel like I'm probably going to be a bit unfair here because I think he had his really good moments, especially in attack. But you remember what happened last. And his last few weeks were pretty deplorable. That Elliot Whitehead ball on the weekend... Kennedy was, you know, a dollar one to get there and just didn't want to get yeah. there. Whitehead. And I know I know we'll come out in the media and say I did my best, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. It didn't look it and perception, you know, is big. I think he played a lot more games than what he was he was expecting to and what he probably deserved to. Zeri getting suspended and chucked out really meant we had to play him because we, we couldn't pull Dugan out. And we need we needed a centre. And like you said, Morris leaving really hurt him too. I think Kennedy can be pretty happy with his opening, say, 10 or so games. I absolutely agree. He should never have been dropped. That absolutely killed his confidence. I just get the feeling that we kept waiting for him. We kept saying he's getting his confidence. He's looking bigger. He's looking quicker. But he just he just never kicked on. Yeah. And I think you can tell with a, player, a young player after 15 games whether they're going to kick on or not. There's not many players that have 15 games and sort of – you know, will they, won't they, 30, will they, won't they, 50, they go bang. They go bang between 10 and 20, and I think he regressed hugely. Yeah, I think uh, he, he was one one player that just looked like he got super tired. Um, and I don't know if it's because he's so light of frame and he got beaten up, but at the beginning of the year, you know, we knew when it became a shortened season, you knew it was a 20-round competition, there was no buy. And, you know, we, we thought that we'd, we'd probably go out week one of the finals. So out of 21 games, Will Kennedy played 17 of them. And I, I didn't have him on my radar for 17 games. At the beginning of the year, I would have been lucky if I thought Will Kennedy would play seven games. He was pretty serviceable. He scored three tries and set up 11. Um, his kick return meters, he averaged 103 a game. He broke 2.3 tackles. Um, he gave away six penalties. He made 16 errors, but you kind of expect that from a fullback who's taking a lot of grubbers. And his positional play on grubbers was, was very good. I don't remember a time when he didn't, like, you know, we're, we're saying that when 
when he was lazy and he didn't chase the ball. But when he actually did chase the ball and he did make mistakes, he generally recovered from them. Uh, and he was able to, to ground the ball. But his defense and pulling out a tackle was 72% for a fullback. He's not good. It's not good. He, I don't remember him make, oh, maybe one or two try saving tackles. I think he did one real early in the season. Mm. Um, I rewatched the Newtown Grand Final because of the um, one year anniversary, and he was immense. He was bringing down guys that were twice his size, and he literally saved the game for Yeah, he held, he held the bloke up over the line. Yeah, that was it. That was game over. There was no coming back from that. You just didn't see that. I know the quality's just, you know, a lot better. But these aren't small blokes playing New South Wales Cup. Mm. I just, I thought he, I thought he'd kick on. I thought he was a younger, faster Moylan. But you know, unfortunately, hey, maybe he needs another off season because he looks too small. But he, his hands and his just, his effort. It just, I hate saying it because the bloke's, you know, a relative rookie, and he's been thrown in the deep end. But you can't win. You can't finish top four with a fullback that you're arming and are about. You need a superstar, and I, I, Will Kennedy ain't it. Yeah, it's 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 really harsh on him because, you know, halfway through the competition, if you go back and listen to the podcast we did, we're, we're saying, Jesus, Will Kennedy's good, and he looks like he's going to kick on, and he looks like he's going to be a serviceable fullback, to a point where we were talking about, well, our strongest team has Matt Moylan in the 14. Mm-hmm. Now you're looking going, well, if Moylan's not fit next year, who can we potentially get, you know, who can we get to break their contract? It's a shame Nico Hines re-signed. So who can we get to break their contract? That's it. It's, it was a real down spiral. Yeah. And, and, and again, like yeah, and again, it, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about Jackson Ferris, but um, honestly, if he, if he hadn't have gone out and sourced his own roids, I reckon we, we probably would have seen Bronson Zeri play a bit of fullback this year. You're probably right. Mm. He, I mean, he had the speed. He didn't have the hands mm. or the ball playing, but a bloke that quick, you know. Bronson has got a lot. I mean, he's going to cop a lot of shit. He's got to wear a lot of the blame for a lot of the negatives we had this season yeah. because our entire game plan was let's just get Bronson one-on-one. He's going to he's going to carve up, and then we'll kill him on the back and, of it. Yeah, and this this fast game, one referee with a six again, was made for Bronson Zeri. <laughs> it was, it was tailor-made, and then a couple of days before the game comes back, you know, it ripped our heart out. And yeah. I think a lot of young players got backhand him for letting him down. But, yeah. I mean, fuck it. He'll pay the price eventually. Anyway, Will Kennedy, I gave a 5 out of 10 this season. A 5.5. I think he was better than he was bad. But if you ask me, what, 10 weeks ago, I'm pushing 7, 7.5. Yeah. That's, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I, you, you know, if you go if you go back to round 12, you know, round 11, he's picking up one or two points a week in you know, in, in our three two ones, he's probably rivaling Sean Johnson for our player of the year. His back end of the year was Chad Townsend esque though. Absolutely. Well well played. well summed up. Yeah. Uh, the next person is Nene McDonald. Played two games for us. One game we got absolutely thumped. Uh, he played on the left wing and he let a Baker's Delight Baker uh, score five tries. And in the other game he moved over to the right hand side and uh, we actually kicked the ball to a big winger and set up a try from it. I was actually really disappointed with McDonald. I probably overlooked, overestimated his, you know, potential, his abilities coming in. He's been up and down his whole career, and I thought he's a big body. He's got a, a real chance here, and he's got a wing spot if he wants it. Uh, that Penrith game killed him. It was the wrong game to put him in. I mean, easy in hindsight, but he looked like a passenger. Putting him outside, Goodwin and outside Chad just really served him up. I just don't think he... Um, look, I expected him to play five, ten games. And for him to play two was pretty disappointing, whether it was a fitness thing or whether they just 
prioritise other players. I, I was expecting a lot from Nene when we signed him, and I'm, I'm really down on it now. I, I was expecting a lot, but then you have to look at the circumstances and how we got Nene McDonald. He went up to North Queensland, and he had a horrific ankle injury where he dislocated his ankle and broke his leg. And from someone who has done that, it's really, really hard to come back from. Now, his life then turned into a downward spiral. He got sacked from the Cowboys. He didn't want to play footy anymore. He ballooned out to 125 kilos. And I tell you, I I, I feel him. Because it's a very, very similar story to what happened when I got injured badly as well. But, you know, when we got him back, there was always the talk that he, you know, he needed to drop some kilos. He had been training on his own and he looked good. And we saw these pictures of him coming back and he, he, he looked fit and he looked big, but he did look like a forward. Um, I don't think he was ready to play against the Panthers. And if there was any person who has really felt the effects of not having a reserve-grade competition, it's Nene McDonald. Uh, I think if, he, if, if Newtown had been playing this year and he was playing on the left or right wing, it didn't matter which side, he probably would have played a few more games of, of first-grade footy, but we just couldn't, we, we couldn't bring him up. It, I agree, it, he wasn't ready. It, it's as simple yeah. as that. I thought he looked really, really good against Canberra. Um, I know, he, I know, he scored an intercept try against the Panthers, um, and and he sort of gave him a wave when we're down by fifty, which was you know one of the highlights of the year. Um, I thought, he, I thought he looked good against Canberra. That that kick that was was put up for him, he caught the ball and and put Nakora over for a try. Um, I thought his hit ups were good. I thought his defense was good, and he looked like. You know, he looked like someone that if we have a really, really good preseason, we've still got positions up for grabs. You know, we're, we're, talk, we're talking about um, Jackson Ferris going to fullback. You know, you, you can probably make a case for Ronaldo could go and play fullback. He's 190 centimetres, he's, he's decent under the high ball, and his kick returns are really good. So there, there is a spot for him there if he wants to push and make Morris notice himself. But the onus is on him. Um, I gave him a 4 out of 10 just because the Panthers game was really shit. And I thought that he was serviceable against Canberra. To be totally honest, hands in the air, see it? I was too cold on the hill at Canberra and both kids were complaining and I couldn't pay a whole lot of attention. So I'm judging purely on the parents' game, which was deplorable. Uh, look, I'll go with your score because you saw both games fully. That's about a pass, mate. You're exactly right. The spot's there if he wants it next year. He's got the size and ability. He's just, um, he needs a preseason. Uh, moving on, uh, the next player on the list is Josh Morris. I don't want to give this dog too much airtime. He completely dogged his mates to go and uh, play footy with his brother. Uh, I hope, I hope, and pray to God uh, that the Roosters don't win a grand final just because of this prick. Um, I gave him a zero because he's a fucking asshole and he overran Connor Tracy's pass, even though it was a shit pass. So fuck you, Josh Morris. He did. He was good in the nines. Fuck he him. Was real good in the nines. No, fuck him. Fuck but, him. Uh, he was terrible. I absolutely agree. Oh, nothing to do with Josh Morris. Uh, we saved his career. He'd be playing in England on bloody half the money right yeah. now. We saved his career, gave him a spot, and then as soon as he got a chance, he pants us to go play with his brother. That's fucking, that's fucking low. And then he bagged us on the way out. Yeah. Then bagged us when he got to the Roosters after we saved his career and let him go when we could have said, nah, just play your contract out. You can yeah. go next year. Yeah. Fuck well, Josh Morris. Zero. Yeah. I agree. Where, where, the, where the fuck were the, the Roosters when he was leaving the Bulldogs at the end of 2018? Where were they? You no, know? we wanted him. We were the only team that bid for him. Yeah. We got him at good money, and he decided, oh, no, I want to go get an easy premiership. Yeah, I, I hope they get fucking towed up by Canberra this weekend. Yeah, I, awesome. I, I, I honestly, you know, coming out of 2019, when Josh Morris played between centre and wing, I thought, 
you know what? This is the making of a really good back line. He can mentor a young kid like Zeri. Obviously, he didn't mentor him enough. Um, and I thought he's just going to be a serviceable pro. And then when he turns around and goes, oh, I want to go and play with my brother. I want to finish my career with my brother. You spent more than half your career playing with your fucking brother. You've spent your whole... You shared a fucking womb with him. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need to share a footy team with him, you sook. No, uh, he's got, he's got um, park footy for the rest of his life. Yeah. He, he absolutely dogged us. And talk from within the Sharks was that everyone agrees with what we're saying. Yeah. Zero out of ten, go fuck yourself. Um, speaking of another low light on the season, Matt Moylan. Uh, uh, you know, <laughs> not nine out of ten in the rehab room because he was always fucking there. But um, yeah, mate, when he when he was there, he wasn't terrible, but he wasn't real good. I think we won the first four games that he, he started. So let let's let's go with that. I think he only finished two of those four, mm. and there was a couple of games there where I thought, oh, you beauty. We're going to give it to everyone. But unfortunately, his hamstrings combined with, I hate to say it, but a lack of effort because he didn't put in the effort. And we can call a spade a spade. We've said enough good about him that if ever he is it, we can, we can, you know. He was fucking terrible this year and yeah. he's a liability and the money he's getting paid, I wish he'd sign for the Tigers. Yeah, look, there, there would... There were points where you, you looked at Matt Moylan and you were like, he's trying to put effort, but his body just wouldn't let him. That chase on Mitch Moses, the fact that he was in front of Mitch Moses and he just couldn't stretch out, and Sean Johnson, who also has bad hamstrings and a bad back, overtook him and, and chased Moses down. Um, and then the, the the Gold Coast Titans away, he's chasing uh, Corey Thompson and, and does his hamstring when he's, he's 30 metres away from him. Like there are He wasn't going to catch him. He should have stopped running. Heinz, as we said last night, hindsight's a motherfucker, but... Yeah, look, I, I was I was really really harsh on him this year because of, he he just took up too much money. Um, I gave him a one out of ten because he didn't really do anything this year. I gave him a three based on the Facebook fun that I had, the fact that he he won four from four starts, which is great. But yeah, in terms of what he put on in on the field, not much to write home about. I think I think three is probably been a bit a bit positive. Yeah, uh, I was in a bad mood when I wrote his name down. Uh, mo- moving on to a guy who, uh, you know, him and I are Twitter buddies, Ronaldo Molotalo. Um, th- this is a guy who played some games in 2019 for us and we got really excited. And I'll tell you what, coming out of 2020, I'm still really excited about what Ronaldo can do for us. He's a big guy. He's full of enthusiasm. The opposition team seem to hate him. The opposition fans fucking loathe him. I love the bloke if he just stays on his wing. Yeah, I think, I think he's got a few maturity issues mm. in that if some guy can tweet him and he complains about it on the bus ride on the way home and makes a big deal of it online, I don't think that's a positive uh, for a first-grade rugby league. He's got he's got to block and move on, which, you know, it'll come. He is young. Uh, you're right. Everyone hates him that isn't a shark. But he he also had a lot of off-season uh, off-field with his one of his best mates being diagnosed with a horror injury. And I think that in the nines, like you could see, he, he was playing with a heavy heart. And I, maybe that helped him mature a little bit. But now that that's, you know, Finney's been declared cancer-free, next year we might come out to see Ronaldo absolutely smash it. I think he was a little bit unlucky not to be picked for Queensland. In I don't think he plays. I don't think he's in their top 17, even though Kurt Mann's going to play. That's pretty pretty low-worthy. Uh, but I think he should have been in camp because I think it would have done him the world of good and it would have done us the world of good. Uh, but I think there's a potential origin spot there next year for Ronaldo. And if that doesn't kick him on, I'll be very surprised. 
I think he's he's a future. You're right. He's a huge boy. He's just got to put the errors away, and he's got to stop getting involved where he doesn't need to. But against Brisbane, when we scored the winner, he jumped in our huddle and then ran past the other blokes to stand in them and give them grief and give the forks to the crowd. I'm here for that. That's immortal stuff. Yeah, look, he played 16 games. It's not as if he was injury prone. He had a concussion, and um, I think he had his knee drained as well during the the COVID period or just before. he, he He had an operation on his knee. Um, but yeah, look, 16 games, 12 tries, two try assists, average 109 meters, four tackle breaks a game, one line break a game. Errors really let him down. 26 errors. You can't be having that. Uh, and he gave away six penalties as well, which I, th- I thought he gave away a few more than, than six. Um, look, I think, I think with the ball in hand, he's so entertaining and we've seen him defensively put some shots on. But he just doesn't read defensive lines really well, and it, and if it really is the the coaching staff telling him to do that, he needs to stop listening, because he just he, there are a couple of times he got he got cut out and he just looked like a fool. Um, but other than that, I thought he had a very very serviceable season, and he is he is probably over Sione Katoa my first choice winger moving forward because I think you know. There are, there are areas in both their games that, that make them, you know, one better than the other. But there's things in, in rugby league that you can't teach, and that's height and size. You can't train that into someone. And also heart and enthusiasm. And he's got it in, in abundance. And and even still, in, in games when, you know, he didn't play in the, the 50, 56, 24 game against Penrith. But I guarantee you, if he plays in that game, he's still taking those hard hit-ups in the sets when we're down by 30. And he's still trying to punch on with someone. Yeah, that's true. Might have knocked stains here. Yeah. Uh, he, the difference between he's good and bad is too too large for me. Um, that errors that errors yeah. count doesn't doesn't shock me at all. I every time I was starting to think, oh, Ronnie's coming on, he dropped the ball. Yeah. Again, that'll come. I think his future's in the centres. I don't think he can read on the wing, and he's very good for Newtown in the centres. Um, but I think playing outside Josh Dugan is the sort of thing that a young player would die for. Yeah. That, that, there's no one better than a bloke who's you know done it all except you know win a premiership with the Sharks. But that that'll come, that'll come. I I, get, I, I think it's in a great spot. I, I gave Ronaldo a seven out of ten. Seven, spot on. Yeah, bang. Uh, and the next person, the returning Jesse Ramian. Look, really hot and cold. I don't think he involved himself enough. I don't think we involved him enough. It was like we used him as a battering ram coming out of our own end and then forgot to give him the ball. Um, I think. There were too many games where Jesse just faded out of it when we really needed him to do something. And then there were games where he tried to do too much when we needed him to just sort of back off a little bit. The right side combination of him and Sean Johnson just never gelled. Um, All in all, I was pretty disappointed because I was really hoping to get 2018 Jesse Ramian back. And we got half of that and then we got half of 2019 Newcastle Knights Jesse Ramian as well. Pretty much sums it up. I was so excited when when he came back to Cronulla. I don't think I was more disappointed. Maybe Moylan aside, in a player with Ramian, wasn't always his fault. I didn't like how he used him at all. It's like we forgot he was there when we got into the attacking 20, and he's the bloke you want running the Nakora line. I think his off-season is going to be monstrous. He's the one player that Johnson didn't um, gel with, but he's the one player that we needed Johnson to gel with because that right side, no one's stopping those... Those two. If yeah. they can get it right, we're, we're carving any left-hand edge. I don't care who's there. 
and we just didn't have that this year. He was great bringing the ball out. He made a lot of meters, and he broke a shitload of tackles. But they were they were stat tackles. It wasn't like, oh, he broke a tackle and got over the advantage line and played the ball quick. He just broke a tackle, and then he ran sideways and broke a tackle. So there was a lot of that. I think his off-season, if I could pick one player to put his best in the off-season, it's Ramian because he's a fucking weapon. I don't think the Newcastle stink is off him just yet. The way he started, though, you and I were crowing and Newcastle fans were biting on everything. That was a lot of fun. We just didn't see enough. Yeah, look, you know, and, and, and Jesse was... I, I think he was... It's more than a pass mark for him. He had 19 games, 8 tries, 3 tries, assists. His defence was top-notch. Uh, 120 metres a game. He made 14 errors, gave away 9 penalties, so discipline was, you know, pretty shit. Um, but his tackle breaks were really good and his offloads were, were great as well. Um... I think if there's, you know, it, we were close to getting uh, 2018 Jess back. We were really, really close, and then we just stopped using him. And I think it's it's such a shame that Sean got injured because if ever there were two blokes that just needed to chain themselves or super glue themselves together in the off season, it was Sean Johnson and Jesse Ramey. And they needed to, you know, by the end of this coming season, you know, going into round one next year, they needed to know what each other's mum's maiden names were, what their mum's maiden names were, what their favourite food was, favourite beverage, how they met their missus, um, you know, what their first girlfriend's name was, what what their primary school went to, their primary school teacher, if they knew that. These two blokes needed to know everything about them because sometimes out there on the field, they look like complete strangers. And and, and a, per, a perfect example of that was the Gold Coast Titans game um, away when Corey Thompson scored that try. Sean Johnson put the ball where he thought Jesse Ramian was going to be, and Jesse Ramian was standing where he wanted the ball, and the ball went behind Ramian, and Corey Thompson picks it up and scores. That same play we run against uh, Manly, and Ramian hits that line and scores the try. That's the line that he wanted, and that's the line that Sean Johnson doesn't know that he runs. So, the, the you know, it, it's just a shame that Johnson has done his Achilles because those two blokes needed to be... Basic, they, basically, John Morris needed to buy a, a double bed and just lock them in that fucking room. They were sleeping, eating, showering, shitting together. I don't give a fuck, but those two blokes needed to be there. Absolutely. We need him running that Nakora line. But he got used as a, um, a decoy. Yeah. Way too much. Yeah, way too much from Molly. It was very frustrating, but the signs are there, and I think next year, Ramin's going to go kaboom. Yeah, I gave him a six and a half because I thought his defense was good. I thought when we gave him the ball, he was good, but he just didn't get enough ball. Yeah, I got six. I think I'm under doing it. I'll push up to six and a half to go with you. He w- he was good in spades, but I think I expected more. Yeah. Uh, moving on. Uh, fuck, it's him. It's Chad Townsend. It's Chad Townsend. <laughs> uh, he started off the year really crap. He went 11 games without getting a try assist, and then he got a couple, and everyone thought he was really good. Uh, he never kicked on. He wasn't our player of the year last year. He definitely wasn't even one of our fucking best halves this year. Um, I don't want to give the idiot too much airtime. He sucks. We need to replace him. Um, he did shoulder charge Kalen Ponger and get sent off. Uh, I gave him a three out of ten. Go fuck yourself, Chad. Two for me. His legacy is going to be forgotten that he won the 2016 Premiership. His legacy is going to be that he cost us Flanagan and Trindle. Yeah, that's it. Uh, a, another signing that we picked up, uh, Connor Tracy. Um, I thought he was... I thought we went into 2020 with no game plan for Connor Tracy. Um, and that showed with him sitting on the bench for 70 minutes in some games. 
Uh, when he did come on, he was running at tired bodies, but we didn't give him enough time. Uh, finished the year with four tries and three try assists. He's a, he's a runner. He's got a very average kicking game. I called him a one-dimensional runner, and then his running game really picked up the last couple of weeks. Um, I thought he was our best player in the semi-final, which says a lot. Can, you know, we got a lot of senior players, and a guy who was playing his 18th career game was our best player. Um, I don't know what we're going to do going into 2021 with Connor Tracy. It's probably going to be that bench utility again, and then you know he gets an injury spot here or there, or when Chad gets suspended, or you know Johnson's injured, or Benji Marshall's injured, or whatever. Um, I gave him a six out of ten. Because I didn't fucking know what he was doing. He didn't know what he was doing. The coaching staff didn't know what he was doing. And it wasn't his fault. No, they had absolutely no idea to do with what Connor Tracy. He was great in the trial. He was fantastic in the trial. By far our best player. I got real excited. Tweeted out that it was going to be a huge year. And then they gave him 10 minutes. You know, against against the house in the centres. And then he played a couple of games. And then him coming on hurt us because Braley went off. And it was a why I picked you, so I've got a player. Otherwise, I look stupid. Only when he started playing in the halves at the end of the year did he come good. Absolutely agreed. His running game is really, really good. He's quick as all hell. He's the fittest bloke at the club, possibly in the world. But he's still got no... I don't know what kind of Tracy is. Yeah. To me, he's look, our a... best option with Johnson. Yeah. But to Morris, I don't think Morris knows what he is. And that's a problem. He's a 5'8", and he's a running 5'8". And I think the problem with, with having him next to Sean Johnson is you can you can focus too much on Sean because you know where all the kicking is going to come from. At least with Chad Townsend, you know that you've got two halves that can kick a ball. Obviously, one can't kick past his shadow. Um, but uh, but other opposition teams know that on the fifth tackle, Chad Townsend is going to kick the ball or, you know, and it opens the game up for Sean a lot more, which is why I, I thought the best option going forward is Braden Trindle because you've got two kickers of the ball, two guys who can run, two guys who are dangerous and, and, and just want to attack. But, you know, Connor Tracy finished the year for mine levels, levels above Chad Townsend. Um, I gave him a 6 out of 10. Yeah, I think, uh, yes, yeah, 6 is fair. He just, he didn't do enough to justify any higher because he wasn't allowed to do any more. Yeah. And, and that's it. But absolutely, he, he finished, he was good in Canberra, yeah. whereas Chad was terrible. So, says it all. Yeah. And the final back we have is Braden Trindle. Um, I thought his debut against the Broncos was, was good. Um, he got man of the match against the North Queensland Cowboys, and I think he was unjustifiably cooked um, against the Knights because everything went wrong that, that night. And if you're going to hook someone in that situation, you probably should have hooked your senior player and just let the two rookies go at it. Um, and then what made it even worse was Chad got sent off and we didn't send him back out there. Um, for, for Trindle, for mine, I gave him a pass mark. I gave him 5 out of 10. I, he, I think... It sucked that he didn't get that try where he, he stole the ball off Jesse and and, and scored. Um, I thought that was that was pretty clever. But yeah, look, um, overall, I'm going to be pretty disappointed that he is leaving. I think right now, in terms of players, Connor Tracy is a better footballer than him. But in three years' time, Braden Trindle is going to be you know knocking on the door for Queensland honours. Um, so yeah, it, it sucks. I gave him a five out of ten. Yeah, five five is absolutely fair. I don't think any player across the season suffered more for no New South Wales Cup. I think he kicked on. Like last year was his first year in New South Wales Cup, and he took us to a title. You know, he did what Kyle Flanagan couldn't, and he was he was very very good in the finals, and he was man of the match in the the flag final the year before. 
So he, he's getting better and better. And he's got all the skills. And I agree, he's got so much more potential than Connor. He's going to be a heaps better player than Chad ever was. He's walking because he can't get a game. I don't know where he goes to get a game. Like, there's possibly the Broncos might pick him up, but I I wouldn't be shocked if we see him at Cronulla again next year with Johnson being injured. If we sign Benji, I think that puts puts rest to that. But, look, I think Trindle should have played all the games that Connor played. I think if you don't know what you're going to do with Connor, you have to say, okay, Trindle's the answer going forward. Yeah. Let's give it to him. Let's give him next year. And if no good, well, there's a shitload of talent off contract and we've got a heap of money, then we can go in and make it. I think we misused him big time. What he did was good. His confidence has got to hurt, though. Yeah. Coming in, going out, coming in, going out, getting hooked, playing on the bench, coming in and playing hooker. You know, he hasn't played New South Wales Cup. I think he's got all the talent in the world. I don't, I don't know if he's going to be as good as I thought he was. But five out of ten, spot on. Yeah, the the thing for mine, you're right with Trindle, is you never know you've got a million-dollar halfback unless you, you keep playing them. And you only need to have a look at the guy who I'm absolutely obsessed with and I hope we throw all the money in the world at, Adam Reynolds. But he tore his ACL and at no point did the Rabbitohs turn around and go, well, he's not, not going to be our number seven next year. And I think you're absolutely right. At, at the beginning of the year when Chad was starting to stink it up and, was, and, and even after that West Tigers game, he should have been out. You know, Moylan wasn't fit at that point. He should have played more games than he did. As I said, I think at the moment, Tracy is a better footballer because he's been able to play football. But in three years' time, Braden Trindle is going to be the better player. And we're probably going to be kicking ourselves. We're going to say we've had, we had we had these two halves that are pushing for representative honours in, in Kyle Flanagan and, and Braden Trindle. Perfectly summed up. Um, all right. So, Dan, tell us about the top five before we call it a night. Cool. So, number five, I've got the Sharks' first Titans home game. Got absolute shit face with Rich. Um, and Jimmy had an absolute ball, accused Johnson of biting when I couldn't see what was going on. Good win, booed Proctor off, fantastic afternoon. Very well summed up. Number five for me was uh, Talakai running over Peter Hiku, turning around and laughing and costing me my multi. <laughs> Double win. Yeah. <laughs> Number four for me, mate, uh, Rise of Talakai and Hunt. I thought they were both fantastic. I didn't have either in the starting 17 and they came good. Real good. Um, number four for me was the sexy Sione Katoa hat-trick against the Bulldogs because that's what turned him around and that's that's when he said he wanted to make it sexy for the fans and he did. That was, that was a bloody horror. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three, I got Jackson Ferris, score, uh, try and debut. The, you, you and I both, everyone knows that I'm a huge Jackson Ferris fan. It's, it's the beginning. Yeah. Uh, number three for me is Chad Townsend getting sent off against Newcastle. <laughs> I left that out because it was too obvious. It was a fucking... It was an absolute highlight, Daniel. It was an absolute... I've, I've, got, it, I've got it here, but I left it out. I left it. Uh, number two for me was Belding Manly, 40-22. to 22. I don't care that we beat Blacktown. It's still beating Manly. Number two for me absolutely says here, beating Manly. <laughs> we, do it, we do it every four years. We knew it was coming. I put money on it. We fucking beat them. <laughs> it's magnificent. Uh, and number one for me, mate, undisputed, was round one against South where Connor Tracy didn't ruin it on the end and we didn't lose. No, it's Toby's try against the Warriors. Number one for me is Toby's try against the Warriors. I did have, yeah. for number one for me, I did have Sean Johnson's season, um, but I had to cross it out because he got injured. 
So it, it's obviously Toby's try against the Warriors. Toby's try, greatest moment ever. I was going to run and give you a hug, but I was I was worried I was going to cop an elbow. And mate, it's a, there's a funny story about that. I was I was jumping up and down with my phone, and you don't realise how sensitive iPhones are, right? But I've, I've then when I'm jumping up and down, I'm holding my phone. I'm, I'm absolutely giving it to the Warriors. Then I put my phone in my pocket, and the next minute, my phone's ringing, and it's private number. I'm like, fucking hell! It's a hospital in Melbourne asking me for a nurse, and I ring it. It's the police, and they go. You called us. I said no, I didn't. And they said, uh, "Well, you've called us. You need to have a look at your last, your last dial. You've actually called the, the call. And if you if you hit your side button too many times, it, it emergency calls. And I didn't realise that. And I put it back. So I just blamed my kids. I said, "Oh, look, I'm at the footy. My kids are playing with my phone. They must have accidentally done it and then hung up." So. <laughs> Undisputed number one. Great, yeah. Greatest moment of, of my life. Yeah, Palmer. that's it. Uh, mate, I will see you tomorrow night to review the forwards and we will talk about the uh, five negatives of the season. It's going to be fun. It is going to be fun and we will hail Toby Rudolph. Kudala. Kudala. Kudala.